Howdy, y'all. We're back. You know what we do here? Let's just jump into it. Facebook, finally getting into the podcasting game. Just kidding. They got into it a year ago, and now they're quitting because they suck. <laughs> Airbnbs, they're popping up everywhere. They're ruining your neighborhood, and guess what? There's more of them coming. <laughs> hey, you think cars are expensive now? Wait yeah. till every feature on it is a subscription. Thanks, General Motors. I won't be able to buy a new car ever. I'm yeah. just going to wait till they're spaceships. <laughs> Hey, you and a bunch of other people. And guess what? Finally, as it, as it goes with my life, the minute I want to get into something, every idiot wants to, too. Becoming mm -hmm. a real estate agent is officially a meme. <laughs> and we're going to live that meme. All right, let's yep. get into these stories. It's time for Market Explainer, your number one business news podcast. Hosted by... Danny and the big man, and it starts right now. Facebook, Facebook is shutting down its podcasting platform after less than a year, and here's why that's hilarious. Didn't know. I mean, we reported <laughs> on them getting into podcasting, and it was like, in a few months, we're going to open up a podcasting platform. The entire universe forgot about it because the mm. only people who talked about it was us. Um. I don't know anybody who is just like, I'm leaving Spotify to go to Meta's no. Facebook pla uh, podcasting platform. I don't know anybody whose podcast came out. on. I mean, listen, when we started this podcast, the first Facebook post on my personal Facebook I posted was, our new podcast is exclusively available on Kazaa. And that would have been easier to find than any Facebook like exclusive podcast. And it's hilarious that they even got into the business and they quit because I'm pretty sure they're going to go whole hog into the metaverse, which they're going to fail at. <laughs> well, so they, they sent essentially the only reason this made the news, which is the sad part about all of this, is Meta now, because at the point they started it, obviously it was Facebook, but right. Meta sent an email to all I don't know, 12 podcasters. I don't know hey, how many it was. There's 17 um, of them that are exclusive <laughs> to the... So it, Meta sent them an email saying, hey, not only are we uh, stopping your ability as of this week, the week we're recording yeah. this, to upload new, we're actually taking down everything come June 3rd, right? And essentially in this email, they not only said, hey, we're closing this all down, but uh, along with, as well, sound bites and audio hubs, which are two nice. things that they purchased, um, oh. two small companies that they purchased along the way that nobody knew, nobody knows about, right? right. Whatever. Um, but that, essentially, they're trying to get everybody, we no longer want to do podcasts because it's a whole bunch of things to maintain that right. we don't want to, right? It's Correct. a cost that they're not making any money off of, right. whatever. We want all of you to go to Reels. That's that's essentially what all this is. They right. want to condense a bunch of these products down to one product that they right. think is the future because TikTok, right? Yeah. They want reels to compete with TikTok. The whole reason for the podcasting thing and this other was to create a Clubhouse clone. You and right. I talked about it, right? Clubhouse became so popular. We, we talked about Clubhouse so many times. We talked about all the Clubhouse clones and it was exclusive. You could only use it on your iPhone. And guess what happened? Who gives a crap about Clubhouse? Because we can all go outside again. Okay? Well, so you, we can all you, leave our house. So we don't care. You and I talked about it in the beginning that Clubhouse was so exclusive, right? You had to be right. invited. 
all right. of that kind of stuff. And at one point, and that was in this article, at one point, Clubhouse was valued at $4 billion. I think you and I did an actual, yes. you know what I mean, thing on that when that valuation came out because as this article now states, that was absurd. It was yeah. so absurd to think that Clubhouse would be worth $4 billion. When, when, when Facebook went public at $52 billion, okay, at a $52 billion value pre-IPO, I was literally vomiting into boxes and sending it to people who thought this was a good price. What I mean, I, I the place was burning a billion uh, that they made every year. It's break even, but of course they have all this data and you know backdoors into the CIA or the CIA has backdoors into your data. So you know it's fine, right? It's cool, <laughs> no problem. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. But go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll see uh, if that's true or not. Because uh, it's uh, listen, it's been a it's been a banner year for the for the for the conspiracy theorists, right? You've just been <laughs> shaking it off. It has, but. But here's what it proves to me is one thing is that just because you have billions of dollars, which Facebook has access to unlimited money or or meta, really doesn't it doesn't mean that you can just buy something right. They tried to buy an additional digital space Mm -hmm. to because they wanted to listen. Facebook doesn't meta didn't get into this. Just a horse around is is my opinion. They wanted to own, they, like, hey, they had it was a Facebook screen. No, there was Yahoo that tried to get into video and call it Yahoo Screen that failed miserably. Right. Facebook Watch, right? They brought exclusive programming. Um, the Bros of Simi Valley, which is a mm-hmm. uh, Cody Co, which was it's a funny show. Um, it's a real you, funny. Well, show. YouTube Red, right? Google yeah. tried it with YouTube Red. Right. right or whatever YouTube Premium now, yeah, yeah. YouTube Red sounds a little nipply, right? It's well, a little, but but that's yeah. what it was originally called, yeah, right? Originally and they had a bunch that. of shows that were going to be. Look, Facebook is a company is big enough, and look that social media did not invent the copy what we call copycat marketing no. copycat um, business, right? It's been done forever. Right. You find something that's successful. You try to do it your way with a little bit of a spin on it. Right. And and see if you can make it work. Facebook saw the popularity of Clubhouse and wanted in on it without buying Clubhouse, which they didn't even have to do because Clubhouse is probably going to be worthless at some point. Right. Right. I mean, at this point, Market Explainer is going to be acquiring Clubhouse. (laughs) <laughs> just as a goof, just like as a I goof. Was, yeah, That's I was right. telling, I was telling Big Man before the show, like there was this, uh, you know, guy maybe six, seven years ago, who was running all these ads on YouTube, Ty Lopez, and he's kind of a meme in internet circles. But the guy owns like Pier One Imports or something. He owns a couple of established. Com- I mean, so we're gonna we're gonna Gary Vaynerchuk this thing and grow our enterprise to the point where. Big man's going to be emailing like, did you just buy Clubhouse? I was like, it was $1.4 million. There's a ton of assets there. <laughs> you know, remember Tim Dillon screaming about Clubhouse in 2020? <laughs> Nobody cares about it in 2025, but I want just to say, like, I own it. Right. Well, but see, Facebook <clears throat> Meta obviously has the right. money that they can throw literally millions of dollars at a product, right? Get their programmers right. in a room rip off Clubhouse, create a product, right? The skeleton of a product and right. see if it sticks, right? They can go this the, the dishwasher spaghetti method, throw a whole bunch of things against the wall. Now, right. TikTok is the popular one. So they're trying to condense their podcasting audio stuff down to live reels. And right. look, I think, and I've said this for going on five or six years now, 
I think video is everything for the future because it can you can take video right and make it everything else we and we right. do it with this podcast it's a yes. you and i record this podcast in video format we rip off the audio that becomes the audio podcast we split right. it up into several smaller versions so there's smaller podcasts Correct. we can literally there are programs out there that we could buy that it, it literally take all the audio and transcribe it to words we could create blog posts out of it Correct. all from the same singular and look this right. is Gary V's thing, right? What was it? Two or three years ago, he came out with a thing. We can actually link it below. That's like how to get 23 forms of Pieces social of media content. out of yeah. one video. Right. And he does that. And Gary V is now literally everywhere. And Gary V literally owns everything. Right. People think BlackRock and Vanguard own everything. No, 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 my friend. It's all <laughs> Gary V. Right. He owns all. But it was just interesting to see that. You know, there's some things that the pandy focused or forced companies to pivot into that just turned out to be a, well, that's, I mean, it was, it was cool for the eight minutes that people were locked in their house, mm -hmm. but now normal people are walking around outside, many of them with masks, but you know, you got to do what you got to do, but it, it, it just didn't survive the, that part of the pandy. Some of the companies that shifted did a great thing. Like, I know restaurants that shifted to just takeout only. And they're like, yeah, why do we have anybody come sit inside? It's a waste of time and money. Right. So um, it's just one of those shifts that Pete, like they thought that this was going to be the next thing. And as I mentioned, I do think that Zuck is pushing really hard for, for Facebook uh, to, for meta to be the metaverse company. And here's the other part, as much as he is, um, no one in the industry believes that this is the future he also did a. I mean, if you did what he did with Facebook and turn it into from a, a you know a ripoff of a dating app for Harvard grads mm -hmm. and turn it into this multinational intelligence agency, intelligence gathering operation for intelligence agencies mm -hmm. on its on its on the back end, but on its face, it's this ad revenue generating monster. Of course, you think you can go and build an alternative universe where people plug their brains into the internet and go live there forever. Right. Yep. And that it, it's probably not that far off from what a lot of people expect to happen in the future. And so for him to go, what I love about it is he's self um, disrupting. He came in and disrupted social media as we understood it from Friendster to MySpace. Right. And I like he got all of our moms on the internet and they're all talking about like weird everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm taking lemon juice and it's, it's, you know, it's going to cure the, it's going to cure the earth. Um, from right. Well, but he got grandparents, so, right. Great yeah. power in behind yeah. it and everything else. So, so I'm just saying that there's for him to have the belief that this won't work meta, the, the, the metaverse is stupid. Of course he thinks that. And but what this proves is it doesn't matter how much money Zuck sinks into it, right? If it ain't happening, it ain't happening, right? If the market doesn't, if the market, but even though him up, spending that money, it doesn't matter. That's the part that gets me. He can yeah. spend all of this money. I mean, I, I'm sure somebody knows the price, right? Yeah. What he put into audio podcasting, all of it, right? right. What it costs and to create, Facebook watch, marketing, video, yeah. all of it. It right. all has a, a ultimate price tag. 
Right. Meta was able to spend that price tag, probably hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Probably. All, all and it does nothing to their bottom line. It like didn't. it's not even a scratch. Yeah, Most companies not, it would put out of business. Right. It's not a blip on their radar. A couple years ago, I was doing a, I was at a networking event, and a guy's like, "Yeah, you know, I um, I actually know the the head of Facebook Marketplace. He's like, the team is ten people." Like they just had the idea to do it. And it was like, the scale was already there. And he's like, it's the early days of Craigslist over there. There's no rules. And Craigslist, by the way, if you don't know, like Craigslist launched a lot of businesses. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is Airbnb. Mm -hmm. It, I mean, the Craigslist was one of the like reasons. Yeah, the idea for Airbnb was originated from. Yeah. Craigslist ads, real estate sharing and that kind of stuff on. And and listen, half of my business is done on Craigslist and Facebook marketplace in sketchy garages. So (laughs) well, like parking ramps. The other side of this is I think, uh, I think Facebook meta part of what a business does. And this goes back to what we've talked about several weeks now in a row with Elon Musk and Twitter. I think it would, you find out when you get into big business, like massive business like this, that right. you can sometimes – why compete with someone else when you should just do what you do? I think Meta right. in this case saw that, look, we know statistically speaking, Apple and Spotify control the podcasting audio game. They just do, yeah, right? They really do. So yeah. like Elon Musk buying Twitter versus coming up with his own Twitter-esque type of clone, it right. makes more sense to just buy where everybody's already at. Correct. So if Meta was either going to buy Spotify, buy Apple right. podcasting, whatever, then try to compete and build their own. I think you come to right. a place in business where you go, okay, we spent X, but right. it's going to cost Y to, to really pull, get there. To get there, and it just doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, and I don't see a future where obviously Apple's podcasting division is part of Apple. Apple doesn't sell anything; they just buy. No, no, so, no, but that's my point is that that's yeah, specifically that, where they're going to be and you can't buy them or you don't right. want or it doesn't make sense to buy them and, like Spotify, right? Right. And if there was a player for them to buy, which I understand that's not what you were saying, but I'm saying if there was, it's Sirius XM because that has an entire infrastructure that, that they can actually do something with, right? They got customers and so that's that's a place where because they already have – they already have the ad business, right? Facebook already has that. Meta already has the ad business. So it has the monetization, which is part of the reason I think they got into this was like, Hey, we already own ads. Like we are like, there are, there's an entire industry of people managing Facebook ads. There's an entire industry of people who have built businesses on the backs of Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, You know, and like, it's a weird thing as a longtime shark tank viewer. It's like, you know, 10 years ago, People are like, you put an ad on Facebook? What's that? And now it's an entire Absolutely. business where they're like, so what's your social strategy? You guys do a lot of video? What do you... <laughs> and there's something about watching a bunch of gray hairs talk about Facebook ads like they understand or TikTok for that matter. They it's don't. funny. No, they don't. No. But the point is they have some like 22-year-old with a bachelor's degree and $160,000 in student loan debt. Um, who's doing that job somewhere, uh, you know, in central Florida right now, beating okay. their head against the wall. <laughs> well, you say that and it reminds me, and there, there is no better representation of that gap in understanding. Right. And this is not even social media related, but I watched, again, I'm not going to get into the politics at all, but I watched a trial last week 
where a certain person was on was not on trial but being looked at right being discussed and when the defense wanted to put their stuff on the screen of the courtroom yes every lawyer the judge all of the people in the thing had to stop and let this intern this <laughs> obvious 22 year old whatever yeah come figure out what was not working Right? right, and you could hear the dialogue because it was like on, you know, CNN yeah, or whatever C-span. live C-span, C-span yeah. right? And and you're watching this dialogue between these obvious elderly lawyers, elderly right. judge, right, a politician that you know what I mean, obviously right, no right. help, and a whole bunch of other people, and you have these two twenty year old kids running right. around the courtroom, and the old people saying stuff like, "Well, I've got a laptop, doesn't help me, Grandpa." Doesn't help yeah, me. Yeah. All right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm looking for a particular input and a device yeah. to. Yeah. I just need to be able to cast the sun. It's 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 fascinating, you know, and, and listen, I'm in my 30s. And one thing that I focus on is like I have nieces and nephews who are teenagers. And I'm always like, so what are your kids into? I'm like, no, no, really show me the apps you use. <laughs> my nephew's posting memes and you know, all his friends think they're hilarious. I'm like, I hate to be the old fogey, but explain this to me. Like, why is this funny? Help me understand. That's a a language all in itself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, (laughs) I I think I think we've I think we've addressed this as much as we're going to. We're going to move on to this next one. Yeah. Right. But before we do that, I want to let you know that Market Explainer is brought to you by our very own Patreon. I want you to go to patreon.com slash market explainer. If you want to see the full episodes, which includes our rundown at the beginning of the show, they're always posted in full length video on patreon.com slash market explainer. Um, you should go check that out ASAP. So this next story. I'm going to um, make Danny do some really stupid stuff coming up on that Patreon. Just so fine. you know, we're getting good old fashioned, you know what I mean? Jackass on there. I think I'm, I'm not sure, I, but anyway, Go ahead. So I'm too old to ha- get shoved into a pylon in a shopping cart, right? <laughs> I did it once when I was 16. There's the 480p video out there somewhere. Um, I can't do it, man. My back, the chiropractor bill, our AdSense does not cover the chiropractor bill, all right? Um, all right, I'm sorry. Next door. But this next story, okay. Um, Airbnb's business is booming and the rates are rising. It, and the reason I picked this out was for a couple of reasons. I think Brian Chesky, I think that's the name of the, the founder, whatever it is. Yeah, Chesky. Yeah, <clears throat> listen, I don't get it. And maybe you as a guy with a family, you can explain it to me. <clears throat> I like going to, I listen, I love a good corporate hotel. I don't want to go to some niche boutique hotel. I want a hotel with rewards points where I can Amber heard on the mattress and take off. Okay. <laughs> and they're not going to like, we need a $600 like cleaning fee. They just go, that's how it goes down at the holiday Inn and suites off of West Parmer lane. Like that's just what they're your East. Yeah. It's the East side is East Parmer lane. That's just how it goes. Like uh-huh. I, I do not like, cause I was going on a, you know, a large family trip, uh, like extended family. And, you know, we're going to some resort town and everyone's like, yeah, we're getting an Airbnb. I'm like, I got a hotel room at a hotel. 
I don't want to go live in somebody else's house. And then I have to clean up when I leave. And then I pay a $300 cleaning fee. And then it's like, I, I, I know that, you know, some other person is ostensibly, I understand. I go to a hotel, people have farted in these sheets. I get it. All right. <laughs> but there's something about going like some like lady named Linda has to come down here and change this. It's just not the same thing. And I, it's like, live like the locals. You're not going to live anywhere like a local unless you live there. And let me tell you something. I'm looking for a rental right now to, to, to rent, to move into. I might just move into a hotel full time, right? I might just move into a Starwood Suites and just live there for the rest. It's great, right? I mean, continental breakfast. I mean, it's perfect. Why would I, why would I ever leave? So like, I don't get this. Can you, can you as a guy with kids, like, I don't get it. Okay. So I, you have the same reasoning and hesitancy about Airbnbs, VRBOs, whatever, right. short-term rental properties that right. I used to have before renting them, right? Is because I had that same hesitancy. And I enjoy a good hotel as well, right? Like yeah. Hilton the Honors member, love my yeah. Hilton membership points, right. right? Embassy Suites, make breakfast for me every, every morning, yada, yeah. yada. I enjoy that as well. However, when you're, especially when you're traveling with more than just your family unit, or your family unit is a certain size, Correct. it actually becomes very competitive to rent a house, a VRBO Airbnb, rather than rent two or three hotel rooms or right. five hotel rooms. Because like me, you have a wife that insists on bringing her entire family with her every Correct. time she goes on vacation. Mm -hmm. So renting a five or six bedroom Airbnb right. becomes wow. much easier and simpler. And then they're all in the same place. Right. Isn't that the problem, though? They're all in the same place. With the hotel room, it's like, well, we couldn't get five next to each other. So there's two over here. I'm like, great. Now we put the two people I don't want to see over here. It's like, oh, you guys are all the way on the other side of the hotel. I guess we can't see it till we leave. Right. Well, I know. And I get that. But again, like, again, my wife and my circumstance. Right. Right. right she right. wants everybody to be in the same hotel or what. And uh -huh. then you get into, well, I don't stay at certain hotels. I, yeah. I look, I've moved past that point in my life. I don't stay in crappy hotels, yeah, in crappy neighborhoods, Correct. but I can't control everybody else's finances. Right. Right. So if I rent a big Airbnb, that's already taken care of. Everybody's yeah. in the same I, spot. Makes my wife I, happy. I see what you mean. So in, in this particular story, what it's saying is that um, the home sharing platform posted revenues of $1.5 billion, which is up 70% compared to last year. But last two years is a weird time to kind of value anything, right? Well, they, they hit a skid, obviously, during the Panini, right? Yeah. Or whatever. They hit a hard stretch of six to nine months of people weren't going to other people's houses, right? Yeah. Uh, renting out other people's houses they weren't traveling more or less right. staying at something that a whole bunch well, of other people stayed out hotels did the same thing I, I know many people who are renting several airbnbs i know one person who didn't even own a home was just hopping from airbnb to airbnb but that's, that's just... become way more popular as well right yeah. and when they say their their rates are up most people think rates, they think interest rates, right? right? What they mean by rates is their daily rate for renting, their average daily rate for renting an Airbnb. Their rates are higher, which here's the deal. Okay, this is yet again, and you and I have talked over and over and over about investing in companies that are publicly traded that right. don't make any sense. Yeah. Okay, this company posted revenues of $1.5 billion for Correct. the first quarter of this year, right? right. 
which is about that time that everybody's posting their first quarter, right? Right. Um, and it it up a hundred uh, up seventy percent compared to last year. Great. All right. But here's what that means. That means that this first quarter, they posted a loss, a net loss of right. only nineteen million dollars. Hey, that's not bad. Well, compared to the first quarter last year, was one point two billion. Correct. Loss. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand, and, and I'm just going to repeat this. I, there is a, a lot of these Silicon Valley, um, um, you know, companies that came out after the social network, right, or they became popular after that movie came out, and they have these, this, their founders and their board have this strong anti-capitalist sensibility. Fine. I'm not arguing with that or not saying they're correct or they're incorrect, but I can live with it. What I don't get is a strong anti-capitalist sensibility. And then you start a business where the goal is to make money and then you take it public. And then it's like you have a fiduciary responsibility to make money for your shareholders, but your entire you're in your soul. You're like making money is evil. Everybody should just give everything away for free. Labor is free. And those two ideas never work, but then you build what you end up building is a company that loses $1.2 billion of shareholder money. Mm-hmm. And you go, that's fine. Well, but how do you spend a, how do you make a $1.5 billion and lose $19 million? What are you doing with your money at that? I can't run my business or my household that way. Right. Right. But then no on top can. of that, here's the deal. Airbnb stock, as of recording this show on 5.6, is worth $138 a share. They lost $19 million in the first three months of this year, and it's worth $138 a share in comparison to, there's another company that released uh, um, uh, profits this week or whatever. Their net, net was a billion dollars, right? Their net, billion dollars in the first quarter. That's their net. Not their right. revenue, their net. Okay, right. stock is currently trading at fourteen dollars a share. Now, how right. does that make any sense comparing these two at right. all? And so, when when you say stuff like that, and this is a conversation, a very polite, loving dialogue we've had on the show, where I say value subjective, and then big man says that doesn't make any sense. And what I'm trying to tell you is, you have to leave the realm of reality, facts, truth, statistics, and numbers. You have to board the spaceship. And you have to land on clown world because where we actually live is clown world, where what you just described as a company that loses about 20 million is valued umpteen times more than a company that made a billion dollars in the first mm-hmm. quarter and probably projected to do even better the rest of the year. So yep. that's the so that's so it, it, part of what I wanted to kind of get into was big man, are, are you familiar with short term rental arbitrage? Arbitrage. It's, so it's the new it is the new um uh it is the new favorite I wouldn't, I'm not going to use the word scam or scheme I'm just going to say it's the new favorite product of TikTokers selling courses right which uh, uh, 2 years ago they were selling you on drop shipping and then oh, you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't you can't get a boat out of out of where everything gets made in China so now they're trying to convince you to go out there and I'm not hating on the concept at all. I'm just telling you what it is. Go out there, rent a house from somebody, inform them, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you have a, um, uh, you have a, 
rental property. I'm going to pay your rent. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to maintain it. But I'm going to put Airbnb. I'm going to turn it into an Airbnb. Yeah, I'm going to sublet it out in short-term yes. rentals. And fascinatingly enough, I know two or three people who are generating stupid amounts of cash doing this. So when I saw that Airbnb, the business is booming, because I, again, there's something about my brain that goes, why wouldn't I go like, uh, you know, I have an IGH credit card, which is like, you know, our international hotel group. Um, like, why would anybody? And like, I'm going on a family trip. And like I said, everybody's getting an Airbnb and I'm the only one who's like, I got a hotel room at the, you know, wherever my points work. Because mm-hmm. again, like I said, I want to Amber Heard on the, on the mattress and take off and they're not going to do anything. Okay. They're not going to do anything about it. They're not going to call me up and said you took an Amber Heard in the right. They're not going to do that. Okay, I, so, stop it with the Amber Heard. All right, people well, may or may not know what you're talking about, no, and no, I don't know which one's worse if they don't every, know what you're talking about or if they do. Yeah, right. I'm just saying it's Chalupa time, baby. Look, <laughs> I, if you want a cherry on top of this not making sense Sunday, right? They literally said in their, you know, they have these the calls right where they release yeah, yeah. these numbers, earnings call, right? Yeah. Okay, earnings call, and uh. Part of the transcript in the earnings call was that it was entirely driven, this $1.5 billion increase was entirely, quote, entirely driven by price appreciation, meaning they didn't get a whole bunch of new houses on their platform, right? Right. They didn't grow, really. It was just in the increase of this average, right? The appreciation of the average rate per night, which means they didn't even grow as a company. They just... Got more money from their existing, you know what yeah. I mean, members. Which I'm just going to tell you, there's a, there's a fun word for what they just described. Inflation. Ah! <laughs> so, th- th- again, it, this makes no sense to me. And, you know, what they're doing at scale is microcosmically um, we work, right? And what some, right. Of these, some of these arbitrage guys are doing is did you not just see this guy like completely implode? Like he took, he took on short-term liabilities um, or he took on long-term liabilities with short-term returns. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are renting a desk and it's going to be, we work, we live and all of this diabolical stuff that they turned into a television show already. I don't know how, I don't know how any of these, like they got a show out about an Uber right now. <laughs> Well, look, this this is has all the hallmarks of something that's going to go horribly wrong, right? And I'm not saying so? the short-term rental industry is an entirety. No, Here's what I I'm saying is is all of this extra surrounding it is going to yeah. ruin it. The few are going to ruin it for the many. Like you said, right. people are going to, you know, sign these rental agreements, turn around and make Airbnbs, which is fine for those homeowners, the original investors that owns that home, as right. long as the Airbnb continues to make money. When it doesn't, they're going to get stiffed, right? Right. Because the person that's been renting it out for the last five years was just making money. And right. then as it didn't, they're going to disappear, right? Right. And then that's going to leave the homeowner. And guess what? It's not going to happen in an up market. It's going to happen in a down market, right? Right. So, so that's what I'm talking about where you've got other ones. I know there are some lenders out there in certain states where the lending rules are very lender friendly, right. are offering very specific short-term rental loans. What is that And guess mean? what? They don't abide by all of the rules that normal loans do because Explain they're short-term. Explain to me what that is. There's their loans. Is, is it a mortgage package, or is it a loan? 
No, it's it's a mortgage. Okay. Okay. However, because it's, it's what's called an inside product, meaning okay. they are using direct investor money. They're not going through mm, the government. It's right, not right, backed right. by an FHA right. loan. It's not backed by a bank. I get you. They're using individual money, which means they can put whatever terms on it they want. There you and go. guess, are those terms very good for you? Of course They're not. not. And are those terms in very lender-friendly states make it very easy for them to take it from you if yeah. you don't do what's necessary, what they're telling you would just uh, automatically happen? Just buy, put the down payment down, buy this Airbnb, we'll help you make money. Right. Guess what? Okay? When that doesn't happen, they get your Airbnb, you get nothing, right? And they're still Airbnb. So... My question is, how do I get into that part of the business? Well, but that's my so so. What I'm saying is, it's not short term rentals. I think that we're going to end up blowing up. I right. think the auxiliary things that are happening around them, because right. it's the wild west. There's nobody the, saying, "Hey, this should or shouldn't happen this way." And and listen, Airbnb didn't like. I, I love seeing those. Um, my entire Instagram for you page or whatever that's called is mm -hmm. just like business like you know um these dumb quote cards which by the way i'm right. gonna launch my own series of them but of course but <laughs> <clears throat> where it's just like uber's the biggest taxi company in the world and it doesn't own any taxis airbnb is the largest hotel company in the world so it doesn't i hate those yeah. but it is true uh, and i don't think that it's going anywhere and i don't think that airbnb just made it easy to do right because I've known plenty. They just of created a platform to connect people. That's all that, they did. And then they just and they're making their money in the middle. And they're just eating fees all day. Um, and, and I know a lot of uh, Airbnb operators that they own several of the homes. They actually own their properties. Sure. And they're like, yeah, Airbnb used to at the height of you know where, where it started. They used to be really good about hey, you know the the people came in and they damaged this that and the third thing. And, you know, we have pictures of, or video, whatever, you know, because they have procedures where they go videotape the thing before and after. And um, Airbnb is like, yeah, we don't cover this stuff anymore. What? So, like, um, as the, they're, they're shoving the liability down, you have to go get your own insurance, short-term rental insurance. Absolutely. So you're quickly, you're rapidly arriving at a point where this is just SEO. Like, all they're really offering you is, the customers, they're eating a huge chunk of what you're doing. It's booking.com, right? Like yeah. it's it's booking.com. It's and, travel, what was it? Travelocity. Travelocity. It's and priceline. Right. And as and a lot of those websites now start pulling in Airbnbs, right? Or mm -hmm. short-term rentals from other websites. So uh, when it comes to Airbnb specifically, like you say, I, I do think it's the ancillary industry around it is gonna get uh, disrupted because this generation of it, because the original generation of it was like, you got to go into a town, the, you're in the Ozarks and there's just a guy mm -hmm. who's like, yeah, we'll help you rent a house or, right. you know, whatever. That's how it usually works or had historically worked. It, it used to be sketchy. I mean, it really did. It used yeah. to be sketchy. Right, it right. was done it, by sketchy people. It was well, it was kind of I mean, weird. You go to Galveston and you you rent a house. Yeah, and then it's like, or you know, if you're on the Jersey Shore, if you're in New York, you go to the Shore, and then and they, the house was garbage because you didn't yeah. get to see it in person before you rented right. it. No, it was kind of a sketchy business. And Airbnb, stop, to their Ronnie, credit, stop. Yeah, what's that? 
the Airbnb, to their credit, adds some legitimacy to what was short-term rentals because they were always sketchy, right? Rent a room, this person's house, when you move, whatever. Um, But what I I will say and what I do believe in this industry as a whole, uh, something I'll be investing in, is the fact that we see a future, they see a future as a company where people are actually staying in these short-term rentals longer statistically speaking they're not just staying two or three days like a hotel they're staying right right now i think they're nearly half of all bookings according to this article nearly half of all current airbnb bookings are for at least seven days that's half that's hotels can't touch that i mean nobody the average person isn't staying at a hotel for seven days but if they're staying this now and that is on top of part of what the panini created and part of what people working from home created and stuff like that is there's a whole group of people out there that stay at an airbnb every month and they just transition every four weeks to a new airbnb because they can work from anywhere so why not live in places i want to be i can go to la for two right. months then i can go to south beach florida for two months then i can go to new york for two months all right. without having a long-term lease all right. with being able to decide what i want my next month's bills to be right right um because obviously on airbnb all of that stuff electricity all, i can know what my next two months bills are by just right. renting an out airbnb for you know what i mean two months correct and so i'm starting my own platform where people can rent out buses by the river so <laughs> hey there's people out there that would do it if it was priced a certain way now part yeah. of this article toward the end of the article that i think is also relevant to what we were doing it's not specifically to do with their airbnb uh you know purchases or whatever but right. they, the ceo came out last week and said uh we will not be requiring people to return to the office right ever. Right. They're permanent work from home. Right. So that came out and was actually probably a bigger news story than the Airbnb part of the story. The actual right. earnings that right. became because apparently within days of that being out in the world. And I think I even saw a couple of TikToks about that being said, because right. even people that are saying, hey, we're not making you come back right now. Very few people have come out and saying, hey, we're never, you're never coming back, right? Or whatever. So it went completely viral and their careers page at Airbnb was viewed more than 800,000 times within a few days after the announcement. Incredible. And uh, of course, you know, we're going to talk a little later in the show about like the downstream of the great resignation or whatever you want to call it. But I think, you know, this is a this is a move that is very popular because nobody if you go into the labor market and you say, listen, we want you to be a coal miner. Nobody wants to do it. But at a certain right. price, people get there when but you're talking in this particular scenario about people who are, you know, they don't have dirt on their fingernails. They don't have calluses on their fingers. They're not used to like. You can't let let them stay at home and then say you got to come back. I don't. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think a lot of companies are going to see that. But I think this. Yeah, I mean that is. I I do remember seeing that too. And and uh, that that is a pretty bold move. And I think that on Airbnb side, they're probably thinking we can just get rid of our office. You know, like. Well, but that's the whole. That kind of that is newsworthy because eight hundred thousand. Now that's page views, right? Right, But even if you cut that in half to four hundred thousand. Right. Right. Airbnb, I think, has five thousand 
employees. Employees, yeah. You know what I mean? So and we're talking huge... 400,000 views. I mean, that's almost 10x of their, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Their, yeah. So that's people interested in what they know is a work from home job, right? Yeah. I think you need this kind of news story to yeah. be bigger, to show companies out there that obviously they had people work from home for two years, right? right. It's, it, they've functioned as companies. They've made money. That right. It's not disrupted their business model, right? In Airbnb's um, case, they've done even better, right? Uh, uh, TD Ameritrade, for example, right, right. Uh, has done more business in the last two years, right, than they did in the previous yeah. two years. And all of their employees have been working for home for the last two years, and they want them all to come back to the office. How dumb right. is that? How that dumb is no that? makes no sense. Yeah. They work in a world that they live on the phone anyway. All of their right. their entire company lives on the phone and in a computer in front of them all day, every day anyway, but you right. want them to come in the office. Do It makes no sense to me. So articles no like this where they get that kind of attention just by saying, hey, you can work from anywhere. Right. That need more businesses need to get behind that, and I think so, they need to see it. So, in conclusion, this company screwed and it's going out of business, but it did one thing right. So, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Right. We're going to jump into this next story, but as always, I want to let you know about Big Man Gear. BigManGear.com is where you can buy the Big Man's merch. Um, it is printed and shipped by Amazon Prime, making purchases and returns easy, but you're not going to want to return these shirts. I promise. They're always a good goof. Um, all right. This next story hilarious uh, to me is that uh, general motors, you know, only been wrong about most of everything that's happened in the automotive industry for the last decade. Um, that's uh, not true, but go ahead. Well, okay. I mean, they're naming all of their Cadillacs, stupid names. They got rid of the unpronounceable, unrememberable numbers, and they're replacing it with names like Lyric. Stupid. Um, it thinks you the can't average judge a car only by its name. It's wrong. But go ahead. Okay. So General Motors believes that the average car buyer will be spending about $135 in subscription features in the future. Now, there's a part of me that uh, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but it goes, you will own nothing and you would like it. <laughs> okay, That's stop what, it. No, yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> I know. I, I didn't start. I'm just saying, um, like, there's like, the, you know, Toyota did this with the new Tundra where there's some features that are subscriptions. And, and it, you're getting away from a world, I think, and Tesla kind of ushered this in in a lot of ways where you buy something and it's just yours now. Right. I mean, even my phone, like I don't actually own this thing anymore. Like I, I just it's a lease. Right. Um, and so we're rapidly moving away from a world where you just own a thing. Like I have a car. I take it to, you know, I take it to a shade tree mechanic. He, you know, fixes it up and he's like, hey, man, you got to stop driving over curbs because, you know, you can't keep popping oil pans like this. And I'm like, hey, you don't tell me not to off road my mother's Kia. All right. <laughs> so, well, but we've moved into a world. Here's where. Okay, I am on the fence on these kind of topics because right. from a consumer standpoint, you're right, right? The thought of adding $135 a month to, which I don't think GM thinks people want to. I no. think they don't care. I think it's just, okay, we can add this, this revenue. This is what we're going to do. But yeah. so, so 
you're right. And people go, the first thing is, well, I would never, you know, I'm not paying extra for something that should belong to my car or truck or whatever. And that's fine for the last hundred years. The problem is, is we live in a technologically connected world that requires maintenance. If you have a car that has OnStar, for example, that's been around for a decade, right? 10 or 15 years. More than that, yeah. It takes programming upgrades every time something changes. It takes maintenance or whatever. So General Motors, Toyota, Tesla. Tesla, for example, has this still right now. You can pay an extra cost so that when driverless cars come around, you get that update and it comes to your car. Or you can say, no, I won't pay for that now. I'll pay for it when it comes out. But I guarantee it's not going to be $500 or $1,000, whatever it is now. It's going to be five times that. Right? It's five grand or five five thousand bucks. And it's not going to change any hardware in your car. It's going to be an update that comes down from the cloud. Right? Right. So, So... we live all of these cars that are coming out general motors toyota whatever are going to have the potential to do a lot of the things that they want to charge you extra for because it does take maintenance from the business side it does take somebody it's not one time to make it a keyless entry right right from the cloud from your phone because android's going to change something or iphone's going to change something that requires general motors to change something that you're going to have to get an update so that the you know what i mean Whatever. And so, and so my thing, which is like, you know, I, um, you know, I bought a, like a plug in stick on your windshield navigation a bunch of years ago. And it came with unlimited lifetime map updates. Were they uh, called Tom's? Was Tom's was one of the big ones, right? Yeah. Tom, 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 Tom. I don't know if it was Tom. I forget which one it is because like a normal person, I stopped using it because Google maps just got too good. It had right. a couple of years where that's yeah. what you had because it wasn't on your phone for a couple well, no, of years. It's, it's I, it wasn't on my phone. I just hated it. I hated that like I had to look at my phone and do the thing, but I just yeah, I don't want to have so many devices plugged in anymore. And most of the cars I drive now, you just plug it into the thing of a jig and it does it. So, but I, I just um, the the reason I think this is interesting is uh, I, I think we're we're probably moving. There's a there's a belief that we're moving away from car ownership as a whole and that most people are just going to lease or rent or whatever on a per use case. And I hate that idea, but I think there's some credence to it. I, I have a, I have an 18 year old nephew that doesn't have a driver's license because he doesn't want to drive. And it's not like any, it's not like he's one of one amongst his friends. There's like two or three of them out of a group of 10 or 15 kids that age that don't, that, that are like, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't. And like for us, you know, I'm much younger than you, like so much younger than you. But it was it was like this. This is how we gain our independence a little bit is you turn 16, you get your driver's license. Or if you're in Texas, you get a hardship license when you're 14. And, you know, you can drive your tractor to school or what have you. But that was how you got out. Like, but now it's. I've done that. You, huh? Right. I've done that. I'm just saying, like, this is, again, lending credence to the earlier story about Meta and. It's kind of like, why would you buy a car where I can just pop a pill and plug my brain into the metaverse and but it's go not on a, a mechanical trip? issue? It's not a car yeah. issue. It's a hardware issue. It's why right. do you have to replace your desktop every three to five years? Why do you right. have to you know, right, replace right, right. your 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 laptop every three to five years? Because the technology changes, Advances. right? And so and, and so like you know, for instance, Adobe um, took its creative suite 
uh, probably five or six years ago now and turn it into creative cloud. So I had, you know, I had creative suite six. That was the last one that you could, you literally got on CDs and I literally have it installed on this computer right now. And the only thing I can do now is I have to go buy creative cloud. I have to pay, I think it's 20 bucks per title, which is this Mm -hmm. creative suite has several, it's like, 300 bucks or 400 bucks a year or something like that. Microsoft did it with Word, right? All yep. the Office, Office products or whatever. Yeah. They've turned them into subscription. Now, I think it's important. Let's kind of run. So the only real idea that we have currently working is the 2022 Toyota Tundra. And right. I kind of want to, because I, I didn't realize not only are these different fees that you subscribe to, but yep. you got to think GM's watching this closely to see how A, people react to it, and B, right whether the the services they're offering for each one is enough right that's yeah, going to be the and, gauge right so for eight dollars a month they have a safety connect subscription you can pay for eight dollars a month that includes right. automatic collision notification meaning right. they'll call 911 if you're in a collision or they think you're right. in a collision stolen vehicle location and right. roadside assistance for eight dollars a month right that's that's cheaper than what i pay for triple a probably right that's one package another eight dollar package completely separate eight dollar package by the way right. the remote connection allows you to remotely lock and unlock your door from your phone so if you're right. in another state and your wife forgot her keys you can unlock it whatever right. you can start your engine from your phone you can honk the horn and stuff like that from your phone okay that would be eight dollars yeah. a month right now, that right. would be one of those things where you don't need it until you want it, but then you have to have right. it because you are in a completely different state and your wife mm. has locked her keys in her car. Once I once drove from Austin to College Station at right. like 3 o'clock in the morning because my wife went to an Aggie game with a friend of hers that's an Aggie, not a Longhorn, and right. they had locked their key- they had lost their keys nice. somehow during the game. So I sense. had to get up and drive to College Station from Austin with right. the spare key. There you go. To help them get in. But anyway, my point is, so um, that was $8 a month. For $16 a month, they have a drive time subscription where it basically it connects navigation and uh, what smart we assistant. smart assistant and stuff like that for $16 a month. Now, so we're already up to $32 right. Right, a month in extras. Or you can also, for $200 a year, put Wi-Fi in your car, Right. Unlimited Please. Amazon and Apple Music streaming. It acts as a Wi-Fi hotspot for all your kids' stuff yeah. for $200 a year. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that we've gotten to the point now where I think auto loans are at 72 months and plus. 72 months plus, right? Right. Oh, yeah. So, I would think the average is the 72 months. Yeah, because I don't think people are doing 48-month loans or 60 months no. anymore. I think we're at 72. So people are, because the cars have just gone up, like, Pandy excluded, shortages excluded. The price of cars have just gone up because government requires safety equipment. They're putting all this, like you know, like a Honda Civic when I was a kid weighed twenty two hundred pounds, right? And I know this because my buddies would buy Honda Civics. They put dry ice in the back. They pop all the sound, you know, sound barriers, everything, and they would put a you know h22b and turbocharge it and street race it i mean legally down the track perfectly legal down the track nothing illegal about it um definitely not on the street definitely not down an industrial boulevard we've never run from the cops from having done any of this um but 2200 pounds right dry now a honda civic weighs 4200 pounds that that's how much a truck weighed like in the 90s right like that was a small pickup in the 90s 
that's a Honda Civic. So we're just at the bait bottom of the barrel here. There's so much wiring technology that goes into these cars. Now, here's why I think this is interesting. Here's what I think is going to happen. Now, this is already happening uh, where there's upfitters where they will sell a perfect um, head unit that will fit into your cars because, you know, like Tundras, some of these trucks have weird size things. Oh, yeah. And, and it's a brand new, uh, it has Android on it. It has updated maps. It connects into your phone, mm-hmm. does all that. 300 bucks. So here's what I think will happen. I think companies like General Motors and all these companies will offer this. And this is what's happened with Adobe Creative Cloud. There have been open source alternatives mm-hmm. and uh, uh, paid alternatives. So I use, uh, you know, I, I have um, my old CS6, Adobe Creative uh, Suite CS6, the six. But I also have Inkscape, which is a free open open source, which is, hey, I've used the old Inkscape, but I use the most recent version. It's gotten really good. Like, it's gotten really good. And then I have Serif Affinity, which is the, you kind of like, they've knocked off a bunch of the features. So what I'm saying is, I think what's going to happen is, you know, the, the general public is going to go out there. And as long as the 72 months that they own the vehicle, right, where they're paying the payments, or I think a lot of people are going to jump into leases because people of my generation don't know how to turn a wrench. And a lot of it is no longer wrenchable. Like you have to plug in a computer to do anything. So I think that, but people who do buy these cars when they hit the used market eventually, they're going to be, and there's going to be an entire industry where we're going to pull out all the subscription crap that makes you subscribe, and we're going to put it in an open source version of it or a paid one-time payment in this other company because you have no warranty from the from the manufacturer. So at this point, you don't care. Well, okay, I definitely think that's going to happen as far as the availability of that. Right. I, however, like most times, I don't people. I believe people will do, always do, even if they're complaining about it, they're going to do the least, the easiest way. And the fact is, is with most open source products, like if I was going to go buy an open source right thing that did all of these things, right. I would have to go buy it, pay for it up front, out of my pocket, have right. somebody install it, right, right, and all this, and I would love it after that. However, right. or I could pay General Motors eight dollars a month, or just get it over with. Right. Look, people are going to do one of two things. This is because right. this is going to happen. By the way, this is right. going to happen. They're right. only giving this out so you can bellyache about it now, and then right. two years from now, when it actually comes out, you're like, oh yeah, I heard about that. One of two things is going to happen. Either a, they're going to take a hundred dollars times seventy two. Right, $7,200, and they're going to give you the availability of adding that to your loan. So, okay, instead of giving me $100 a month or $135 a month, we're going to make it $100 a month, and we're just going to add it as part of your payment, right? Right. And then that becomes the expectation. And two, they're going to put these packages together in such a way that you're just going to feel like you have to have them, right? Right. Because that's what the average person does. Like this $8 for this... Right, it, like you said, that's probably less expensive than AARP, right, or right, or whatever, AAA, yeah. or AAA, whatever it is. But my point is, is so they're going to go, hey, that's another eight dollars times right. three million people, right, and that kind right. of stuff. So this is coming. I will say that there was a study included in the story that said seventy-five percent of consumers don't want to pay subscriptions. 
Right. Who the hell are the other 25% of people? Can I right. talk to that 25% of people that they asked, hey, would you like to pay for subscriptions on top of your auto payment? And right. they were like, absolutely. Love it. Well, those are the people who I gather who make their own granola and compost in their backyard. <laughs> those are those people who are like, like, yeah. come on. like who says yes? Who's the one yeah. in four people that were well, like, hell yeah, I do. Well, I don't think they talk like that. I think they talk like, I think it totally makes sense, man. That way the government can have more access to your car. And like, that's better, you know? Well, they've already, and here's why I say it's going to happen. They've already made that decision, whether they put it in this article or not. General Motors has already made it part of their, you know, we were talking about earnings call earlier, right? right? Yeah. And companies project out. They've already projected General Motors believes this will be a $25 billion annual payday by right. what, 2030 or something like that? Or something. I thought they said yeah. 25. It may have said 2025, but that's oh, my by point. 2030, they project a $25 billion check hey, on top yeah. of this. By, you know what I mean? In the next eight years, that means they're going to. They're not going right. to give up $25 billion a year just right. because we're going to complain about it. Oh, no, they know not. we're going to pay it because people will. Most people will. Not I all, mean, listen, but most people will. I know people right now who have no business going and buying a Suburban. But they have a $108,000 loan on a Suburban that they park in a garage mm -hmm. for a home that they paid, three, that they have a mortgage on that was 320000 But they have a, because I can't drive a minivan. I, and there's, there might be a decent reason for that. But for most people, they just, the company figured out how to get people these loans. These people are going to like, you're paying $1,000 a month. On a freaking suburban, yeah. Uh, and then so, but if you're paying a thousand dollars a month, honestly, what's an extra hundred bucks? It'll be interesting to see because here's the deal: if it catches on, right, it'll be a money maker. Every manufacturer will do it. Toyota, General yeah. Motors, everybody. Right. Um, if it doesn't, there is a possibility because you think of OnStar and satellite radio. These were right. both supposed to be the next generation of everything. Of everybody course. was going to have OnStar. Everybody was going to have satellite radio. Yep. But on the other end of it, it because it is an extra fee, right. and both of them are pretty nominal. They're not expensive things, no. right? But very few people pay for them. Now, they, right. they enough people pay for them for that those companies to make money, right? How, but they're not what they were supposed to be. But right? are they going to continue to make money is the question that we, of course, are curious to understand. Well, no. and, and who knows about that? Now, Danny always says, as we're getting to the tail end of this third story, Danny knows that when I find stories like this, one of my favorite things on all of these stories to read is the comments, mm. what people are saying, these people yeah. out there that read these articles are saying. Here's some of my favorite comments from this particular story. Um, number one, uh, GM uh, can go F itself. Right, like just just to the point, you know what I mean. I'm there um, right there G with you, pal. <laughs> GM is purely out of touch with reality. Um, uh, this is one of my favorites. I don't know what these people are smoking, drinking, and or eating, but they are clearly delusional. Okay. And then, of one. course, of course, the one I think that's the most offensive is, uh, do you, meaning General Motors, suffer from fetal alcohol syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive. So 
obviously people aren't great and happy about it, but it was also right. very clearly based on the commenters I was reading. These are a bunch of uh, people that have owned their car for 25 years anyway. None right. of these people that were commenting are going out and buying the brand new whatever right. that's going to come with these services. And, and, and there's part of me that believes that this is going to create a cottage industry of retrofitters and upfitters that are like, oh, okay, they're going to find a 97 Suburban and they're going to upfit it with all the tech, like enough technology that you want, backup camera, nav, all that stuff, but they're not going to have all of these subscription costs and they're going to charge you 50 grand and everyone's going to be like, that's too much money. And then you go, well, it's 130 for the Suburban with all the subscriptions mm -hmm. for 72 months. And people start ch like coughing up the 50 grand for the older one because it starts to make more sense. That's what I think where we're heading. I hope that in that next same as you know, five to eight year span, those right. retrofitters, because they already exist. If you go to right. small car shows, like I, I'll take my boys on a Saturday to a small car show that's in, you know, some restaurants parking lot or whatever. Right, right, right. And you already see classic cars, sixties and seventies cars that have L C D screens in them, they have backup cameras in them, they have full computers in them and yeah, so you're already seeing this on what we consider classic cars, which I think is really cool. Right. Now I I, I am too. great for an old classic car that's mint right. condition, whatever. Great, beautiful. However, <laughs> when you make a car to you and you personalize it like that, yeah. I, I just enjoy it. Right? Yeah, like I dig it. See, seeing a 71 Chevelle with an LCD screen in it and yeah. satellite radio and all just to me is cool as all get out. Right. However, no, I, I so if, but the problem with it right now, the reason that's not more mainstream is it's still very expensive. And like I said, yeah. all of that cost is up front. You're not right. laying it out over five years. You're not laying Correct. it out over seven. You're not even laying it out on monthly fees. Right. It could be thousands of dollars up front for you to put this right. technology in your car. Right. Right. And I think as the cost of new vehicles get crazier, I think it's going to, a cottage industry will grow. And guess what comes with that? Cottage credit. Like, I mean, an industry of credit, because I, I already know. Here's what I happen to know. I know guys who run, you know, cash only car dealers that they, they say, we don't do any financing, but hey, go down the street. These people will give you a credit card and they'll give you a credit card for a silly amount of money. We'll swipe mm -hmm. it and you can drive away with a $4,000 car. Pay 22%. 26%. 26, yeah. 27. But they won. Um, so if I you remember, that, I don't know if you're old enough and you mentioned radios earlier, right? Yeah. And you're, you know, I don't know if you're old enough, but radios back in the 80s and 90s used to be this way. You, yeah. you had your, your normal radio that came with your car, and but everybody it was all it about updating it, right? Yeah, everybody took your standard radio out put in, you know what I mean, uh, different Pioneer, all these different radios, put a couple of 12s in the back, right? And it was all about, nobody could afford all of them, but what they did right. is they went to these radio shops yeah. where you could finance at 20%, right? right? The $2,000 that it cost for those 12s. Yeah. So I did custom car audio equipment. That was my first business in high school. Um, and I bought a cattle, I got a catalog out of a, car magazine that was a scam but um uh you know i started doing that and at some point i went and did that at best buy and mm -hmm. i still remember like people coming in with mini trucks and we had put in the pioneer avic n1 there okay, you go pioneer is, jbl yeah, alpine exactly yep and they had they had the 
the Fast and Furious screen, the teet, 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 teet. And uh, listen, I am, uh, those are so inexpensive today. I tracked one down from my previous vehicle. I ended up selling it before I put it in, but I bought it because it was so, I was like, I always wanted one, but they were $900 to $1,100 mm-hmm. plus the $400 installation. And now Best Buy won't even put it in the car. Right. They're no, like we don't detachable faces because people yeah. would steal them and yes, like yes, all of this yes. stuff. So, so, so that fun. that will just return, right? Yes. For these kind of products where a business out there goes, Yeah, hey, we'll take that shot, give you a you right. know what I mean, a two thousand dollar upgrade on this car, but it's gonna charge you monthly. And there's one country that is so unconcerned by uh, you know, the the um, legal ramifications of stealing a design. I'm not gonna say which country it is, but you know. Hey, anyway. no, no, no. Yeah, uh, anyway, go uh, ahead. What's our next no. story, Danny? Let's yeah, let's let's dial that back. <laughs> Fine. Retract. Well, we have another story, but before that, um, we're not gonna skip the um sponsor for the segment because it's my company, Avenue Lucky. Of course, the big man wants to skip it. AvenueLucky.com yeah. is my agency that does that builds websites and provides done for you marketing services. Check it out. AvenueLucky.com. Um, and if you go to the in-house projects page, you'll see all of my other um, fun little side projects. Uh, this last one. So good. Um, you know, <laughs> and I have some inside information here too. From 21 to 22 January, the top trending how to become career search was real estate agent on Google. Okay. Do you want my look? So let me tell you something, I, folks. I, I know somebody who uh, just sold their house, and I was talking to their real estate agent because I'd refer the real estate agent to these people. And he was telling them that, you know, he's like, you know, we're going to be dealing with a lot of first time agents. He said, half, a little over half of the real estate association um, for the town where, you know, the, that they're listing in are new agents. He said in the last year it grew by 50%. Um, look, you're talking to a guy. I've been in real estate for going on 20 years, right? Yeah. I've been a licensed realtor for about that long. Okay. Um, what, can you say realtor? I mean, isn't that, you don't you pay extra to say realtor? <laughs> no, I'm a realtor. You have to oh, belong okay. to the board of realtors to be a realtor. Yeah. I am a realtor. Okay. There is a difference between a realtor and a real estate agent. Right. right. But anyway, the point is, I've been what this is talking about becoming a real estate agent, a licensed real right. estate agent. I've been for almost 20 years. Right. So right. coming from a guy that the big man that I use on everything being called the big man is my real estate company is the yeah. big man and real estate team. Yeah. Right. So um, let me tell you this from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> this is going to suck from a guy that yeah. again has made a crap ton of money right. doing this don't do it and here's why um here here's i am why. in the middle of getting my real estate <laughs> license look every time the market is this way in the mid 2000s right. when the market was up in you know 2015 when the market pre panini and now and right. now every time the market is way up everybody seems to be making money in real estate and yeah. so everybody goes out and get their license right 
because it's relatively simple and inexpensive to do. There, there's somewhere every day that you can sign up for your state to take yeah. all of the courses to become a real estate agent for right. five or six hundred bucks, right? Right. And then for another couple of hundred dollars, you can take the exam to get licensed. And yeah. then for about fifteen hundred bucks, you can join the organizations you need to join to do business. Yeah. So you can start your own essential company, right? Right for a couple of grand so for it's relatively inexpensive to get started right the problem is is you now are 100 percent self-employed self-motivated self-everything to go out and here's the real statistic and there's some in this story but the real statistic is about 99 percent of real estate fail within five years right 50 percent fail within the first year Another nice. 40% of that remaining 50% fail in second year. Nice. And then by the five-year mark, it's literally down to 1% success. Right. Okay. The average real estate agent, and this varies widely from state to state, but right. according to this article, it's saying nationwide, the average real estate agent only makes $48,000 a year. Right. Now, in your experience, right? Now, a guy who's making fifty grand a year, forty-eight grand a year selling real estate, guy, gal, what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not doing a ton of effort, right? They're not, I mean, they're not going out there. They're not marketing. No, they are. In some cases, okay. they may be. That's the problem. That's okay. the problem is there's a lot of bad information on right. how to get started. There's a lot of people out there. How do you get your real estate? Look, uh, probably about half of that fifty percent he was talking about in that area that grew yeah. right fifty percent. About half of those people were duped on some kind of training slash scam slash whatever where they're like hey it's easy to be a real estate agent look at this paycheck that i just got from selling this house and they were duped into paying that person some six hundred dollars on top of the six hundred dollars in classes to get their scheme or their book or their whatever right right so a lot of them were convinced to get into it because they were sold on a class they were sold on a program whatever and then the other half may have a relative or whatever that is successful, but they don't do the things necessary to be successful. And guess what? This, like any other industry, has just as much to do with luck as it does to do with skill. If you okay. have a certain database of people, right? right. I, I tell this, look, I wrote a book on, on how to be a real estate agent. I'm about to release actually another book on how to be a real estate agent that's much more um cursing in it than yeah. the first okay. one originally was Very um good. you know with uh but the the point i didn't know is, about the cursing version of the book Very uh, excited. well look in like any skill when you get into thing and you become good at something you have this right. very reserved way of looking at it and then right. you eventually get to the other side of it where you like you just want to look at people and go you're an idiot stop right yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. do this instead of being that and get out of right. your own way whatever The point, though, being is, so I come from it from an experience, not only of me doing it, but teaching others to do it as well. Correct. And and one of that that part is, is you have to, there's certain things that you have to develop to do this, right? Right. Um, And one of the stories I tell is a very successful woman within her first year, she was making six figures. She was literally, it was her first career. She had never worked her entire life. She was a stay-at-home mom for all the kids, that kind of stuff. But guess what she did for that 20 years? She was the president of the PTA every year. She was president of the the booster club for football and soccer and basketball or whatever. So guess what she had when she started real estate? 
There was everybody on God's green earth in her school district that knew and loved her already. So why wouldn't you use her? She had a built-in database. Now, right. does your average everyday person have that kind of following? No. I don't know. They don't. Right. And so that, I mean, that's interesting. I just, when I saw the story, my thought was, and here is my initial feeling. Here I am in the middle of getting my real estate license. I've been talking about how I've been in the middle of it for a year. Feels like that takes too long. I mean, <laughs> we won't get into that today. But You and a bunch of other people. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of doing it. And I have, and here's the thing, the big man and I have been having this conversation for six years. Like, should I get into it exactly. or not? And I finally decided to pull the trigger and get into the industry for a handful of different reasons. And it's just one of those things like, you know, you buy a red truck and now every time you go outside, you see every red truck going on the road. And right. so I was wondering, is it just me? Is it that every schmuck that I know is getting his real estate license or, you know, at the same time? Because it, it happens. Or is it, yeah, but but it was just validation from the marketplace going, no, 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 everyone is doing this. And part of it, I think, is now I have a friend who, who uh, you know, opened a car dealership because he was a su- successful car flipper. And everyone in his immediate orbit decided that this guy was an idiot. And the reason he was flipping cars and succeeding at it was because it was easy. So people try to get into that. In, like they try to like, oh, yeah, we're going to open right. a shop and whatever. And so they get into it and they go, uh, and they do two or three, they hit the fatigue and they realize I can't just buy a, a, a piece of junk and do and just like it's take better pictures of it and put it for sale. There is some elbow grease to it. Mm-hmm. There is, you call it luck. I call it effort. Like you have to put the effort in. You kind of have to understand what you're doing on some level. And if these people go into it with no plan, because they go, this is easy. So I, so a lot of the people I see getting into real estate right now, it's, oh, this That's is easy. That's what they think. Yeah, That's what I, they think. So my, on the other hand, I'm looking at it going, and part of the reason it's taking so long is I'm like, oh, this is going to be hard. Oh, this is going to be so much work. And, you know, you and I are the opposite ends of a real estate career. You have a, you know, you've been doing it for so long. I'm just starting that <clears throat> part of, the, you know, me making the big man happy is like, you're going to have to hold my hand because, well, and that's the uh, other know. part of this that I wish, look, I wish there was a lot of time that I could, I wish I could look at someone and go, okay, you could be successful in real estate. You need to do it right now. And then yeah. look at someone else and know whether they could or couldn't to save them time and effort. Cause I right. see these people year in and year out come yeah. in, be super excited, not do right. the things that they need to do or do them right. wrong or right. even worse get underneath a broker or a mentor that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about because that kills you, right? We talk about in the NFL all the time, if a great college quarterback gets drafted by a really bad team and then doesn't succeed, was it because they were a bad quarterback or it was because they were a good quarterback on a god-awful team, right? Right. So they weren't successful. If you're at a bad program, how do you move forward, you know? Exactly. So... In real estate, that happens a lot too, right? They get some bad training right. or they get a bad mentor. Very right. Real estate is as important as anything else is understanding who you're attaching your train to, your wagon right. to. Yeah. Because if you get a bad one, it could literally mean the death of your career because right. you don't get past the initial suffering right. um, versus the other way. So if I could, I, 
if I could help people with that, I yeah. would. The problem is, is it's such a, I would say, individual sport pursuit. almost yeah. pursuit because it's not even just about. Everybody tries to boil this down to, and you'll see a, a ton of real estate books out there that are about just do this, the right. real estate basics of 101 or real estate right, marketing right. 101. And they try to base it down to this checklist because that's easy for people, right? right. Do this, do this, do this, do this, and you'll be right. successful. None of them work in real estate. None of right. them. Not a single yeah. one of those because it's not real estate in my understanding. Right? right. What I've helped people be successful in and myself is very individual. It's about you as a person right. and real estate. What I do enjoy about it and love about it as an industry right. is you can make this business. You can make a lot of money in this business doing everything that you enjoy in life if you do it properly. Right. right. The problem is, is if you try to what we try to do real estate, like we do a lot of other things, is we look at somebody like Gary Vee and we try to mimic them. Or you look like right. a YouTuber, you find a YouTuber that you like and you try to mimic them. Real estate is not one of those. You can't okay. just mimic somebody that you're not. Yeah. And be Fair successful. Right. They have become that person because they're on the successful side. Right. right. And the world that you live in is not the world that they made their business in. I say that all the time to newbies in real estate right now. They come up to right. me or they call me and they go, well, what did you what did you do when you started? Dude, yeah. that was 15, 20 years ago. If you do what I did back then, it wouldn't work. Right. We live in a yeah. completely different world, right? Right. Then back I mean, then. I, I see a lot of younger kids using TikTok and real estate kids, but they're, you know, they're licensed agents. Right. And, you know, at first I was like, well, that's stupid. And I go, is it stupid? Isn't that like... Isn't that where the the person are you telling me that the person who's going to buy a six hundred thousand dollar house in Dallas doesn't have kids. So they got a TikTok because their kids have it. And now they're searching real estate elsewhere. And so now it starts popping up on you know other apps. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't it, it does make a lot of sense. But I just think it's one of those things where, you know, the meme is that like, you know, lady, you know, in her 40s getting divorced, you know, it, that's like, OK, I'm going to get my real estate license. And that's the kind of, uh, you know, trope that exists. And to realize that we're all that Karen, right? Like a lot of like, you know, it wasn't just the one lady who was getting divorced. We all were like, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to go sell real estate. But the problem becomes at some, I mean, you know, I was looking at a, a statistic about, you know, there's speculation that the market's going to crash like it did in 2008. But in 2008 and 2007, there was something like, four to three or four million houses for sale and right. today it's under a million there's under a million houses yeah. for sale in the state or in the in the country no so which is question, why that houses crashes won't happen not right. only the 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 literally the economics behind supply and demand but yeah. then on top of that what if you again go back and know what caused that it was lending that caused that right not housing itself right right and we haven't gone back to that form of lending Correct. that caused that problem so right you Anyway, the point is people say that things like that to scare people is the reason they do, right? But, but the question I'm asking is in a market where there is so little inventory, mm -hmm. what is your take on all of these people getting their license? Do you think, what, what do you think happens to them, right? Where there's, you know, like any industry, real estate has a pretty 80-20 split. 20% of the agents are doing about 80% of the business. And then the 80% of the agents are splitting the, the, la the rest, which is why... Many agents are making 48 grand a year. 
right? And they're really trying to get out there and make it. But and I know people like this where it's just like it's going to be a slog, right? Getting in real estate's a slog. Um, and so then you start getting into other ancillary things or what have you. But, you know, um, I even saw a TikTok of a, or a reel of somebody saying, here are six ways to make six figures. I just got my real estate license and I have these 12 other things I do. It's like, oh, buddy, your clients, like you're not looking after your client's best interest because you're just doing this to to rip, you know, 20 grand out well, of your pocket today, you know? Look, I, I on this podcast and in real life, I deal with new agents almost daily, right? Yeah. Whether it's a phone call from a new agent, whether it's somebody that's wanting to be a real estate agent, you know what I mean? Whatever. I deal with these people every day and I'm very upfront and honest with them. And I will yeah. tell you flat out. So people start out with, for example, well, let me, I'll get my real estate agents and I'll start out doing it part time. Yeah. Hey, that is absolutely your choice. And some people go that route. However, I would encourage you as always to be honest with your clients. And if you tell a yeah. client, Hey, I only do this part time. I'm an electrician during the day. Right. Why would they hire you versus someone that does this full time? Correct. And they can't. On top of that, why is you as a new agent? If you hide it from your clients and then they find out you're a new agent, you're fired. If you're up front with them, you're again at a disadvantage versus someone else. Usually right. the first six to 12 months goes not not necessarily great, but they find a stride because you're using your existing network. Your mother-in-law right. uses you because she was looking for a house anyway. Your right. sister's friend uses you because she was looking for a house anyway or whatever. Right. The real hard part comes year two when you've exhausted your normal network yeah. because they've because again, we don't buy and sell houses every month. Right? right. The individual doesn't. They do it in a matter of five to seven years. Right? right. So once you've exhausted what is your normal network, even if you have a good one. Right. Right. You, you've exhausted that and you have to now build a business, which you should have been doing in the first place, which right. is what causes that second year gap that people fail. They get right. off and run in the beginning because, oh, I know three people that want to buy and sell houses, right? Right, yeah. And then it's gone, and they spent that time doing nothing and helping those people rather right. than building a business that was going to sustain itself right? and then get into year two and three and four and five and so on and so forth. Um, it's very rewarding, but it's a lot of work, and you have to find your way to do it to get through right. it. Right, and, that, and that's the part I think was about those that that's what this appears to to me people going oh this is easy and it's like you know if you want to if you want to bat if you want to become an accountant you have to go get an accounting degree and then you have to take a test and you have to blah 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 this is you take three weeks of courses and you go i just put up signs and i just do hgtv and now i'm the property brothers right well and <laughs> that's that was actually a running joke among that 20% of real estate agents like us that do 80% of the business, the yeah. running joke pre Panini was yep. when someone would come up to us about wanting to be a real estate agent, we'd yeah. tell them that they have to stop watching HGTV for at least six months and then reevaluate okay. because everybody's watching HGTV and you see these reality shows, which guess what folks, these are not reality. They're reality TV shows. Well, no, they are scripted. It's a, it's a reality show, but it's not real. That's right. You know. So the, these, you know, the property brothers and uh, what is yeah. it? Selling Chicago where they show yep. them three homes and what, you know what I mean? Love it or list it. Or, these yep. are all, they're television shows, folks. Right. So when you see on love it or list it and the guy throws, shows them three houses and they either buy one of those three or, or their renovate house. their home, right? 
that's not the way it works in real life. You don't no. there's you don't just show a hot person three homes, right? No. Like it's not the way it works. And they just buy it. And they're a, you know, butterfly wrangler and they buy a million dollar home as their budget. Correct. That's yes. not the way the real life works, right? No. But they see that and they watch the show after show after and it's almost formulaic. Right. Right. And they think that's what it is. Um, And pre pandemic, that's really what people I mean, I would have people come up to me all the time. And well, I watched this show and and blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, no. no. Listen, I understood that the show is a show. Right. People don't though. I watched every single Fast and Furious film and never thought me and my buddies are going to go attack a tower with a million dollar supercar that never existed. <laughs> like I knew that was not going to be the well... case. So I have trouble understanding how people live in the universe and don't have the capacity to separate what, what they see on television from real life. But so I can sit down and watch HGTV and go, that's not like, cause I had a friend who's like, you know, him and his, his, his wife went and bought a fixer upper and said, oh, it should be like 30 grand to fix it up. And he goes, oh, my goodness, it's TV. That's not true. And so he got into the situation where he bought a house, took a year. This is pre-Panini. So all the supply chain is there. All of the stuff is at the store. They can just walk in and buy it. And it cost him $100,000 to fix the house. And it's one of those things where it's an old house. Guess what? It's just going to keep sucking. Right. It's right. just going to keep. It's a money pit. Right. Which is why it's like, you know. Um, it's like, just go, go, go to, go to dear Horton, just buy something brand new. It has no charm, but the charm of its lack of charm is that it's going to work, you know? But this, look, this goes back to, I think two things come from this one. Like we talked about the people see television, they see other people's success and they underestimate what that takes to get that success. And this is every industry, not just real estate. Right. Right. It's every independent industry. Right. Right. Um, And the the second part of that is um, they. How can I say this? People want we should be able to take from this that you're through the great resignation, which is part of this story. Right. Right. People are resigning from jobs and they're creating they're getting these certification type of jobs like realtor or whatever. Um, or, you know, uh, chiropractor or physical therapist. Well, I mean, or, chiropractors got to go to a lot of school. Massage therapist is probably. I'm sorry. Massage therapist, physical yep. therapist, these kind of things, because they're cert- certificate type programs, right? right that you yep. can take from home and courses from home and this kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I think what they're really chasing, though, is they're chasing the um, independence, yes. the autonomy the self-control, right? Right. So I think what really needs to be thought about this, this is not about people becoming real estate agents. It's about employers should take from this what employees are wanting. Right. They want to be able to work from you, but they want to be able to work from you for the eight eight hours a day that's convenient for them. Correct. They want to be able to get a paycheck, right? Right. But they want to be able to do these things. It's the autonomy. We can learn from this as far as what they're wanting from it. Right. So I think the, the, the good, the positive that I'm learning here is that in this economy, people are, you know, the Panini revealed to them that they, they lived in a fantasy world, right? Where they thought everything's fine. And that's just, I'm just going to go to my job and I can keep, and they, that, that they, 
this put a crack in their reality. We see this on the political, uh, like on, in the terms of politics, on either side of the, on any issue, right? It's just people ramped up to wacky levels. The wackiness levels we've achieved in clown world have never been supposed to be like, it, it's absurd. Right. And, and, and I think that for me, as somebody who's been viewed as conspiratorial or whatever, I go, <laughs> You thought, I mean, let me tell you something. If you, I put this on my Facebook page a while ago, which was, um, listen, your, your reality was, was so fragile and it's not going to, listen, it's just going to keep cracking, baby. It ain't getting any better. That's why I changed my phone number, right? I hope to see all of you at the rendezvous point. I hope you survive, but I don't think you're going to make it right and here, and this is the conversation that I've already had with Big Man, where he goes, "You're gonna, this is, you're not gonna be good at this. Don't even bother no. getting your license." No. So, um, but I just I will support I, you then. I know, I know that that you will, and uh, it's hard for me not to do what I want to do and what I think is gonna work. Instead, I am listening to what he says, uh, mostly. So, um, because you know, I, I watched someone else not do what Big Man like just said. Hey, this is how you're gonna succeed. And he just went, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then he sucked at it. So I uh, didn't he, imagine he didn't that he became a statistic and I don't want to be a statistic. My first book is called beating the odds. So um, anyhow, uh, what's your was, tip of the week, Danny? My tip of the week is uh, it's not really a tip of the week. It's more of a statement. And my statement is I bought so much dip. I ran out of chips. So because I just kept buying the dip, buying the dip, buying the dip, and now I don't have any more chips. So I'm out. Wow. Chips. Yep. I have, I don't know whether you or I have derailed. It's probably both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we'll see you next week, folks. Or we won't. <laughs>